Hello and welcome back to the Shongalo podcast. It's your boy Matteo, Zara, Patina, and Arseni. Updates on what's happening in the book so far. At this point in the book, Shin and Park become friends and have slowly developed a plan to escape from the camp together. One night they run towards an electric fence around the perimeter of the camp. Park is electrocuted by the fence. Shin is not deterred and steps over Park's lifeless body in order to make it over the fence. He heads for a nearby village and wanders in the direction of a border with China for the next few months. He eventually earns enough money by 2005 to afford to bribe a border guard into letting him across the border. Once he is in China, he travels across the country looking for work and in restaurant trade. Previous episode, um, we talked about the central idea, themes, and character development. There we discussed about uh, discussed tyranny in North Korea and the important figures Shin has that developed him into uh, who he is right now. Mateo, what do you think about um, Shin's escape to China? So uh, I really believe that even after Shin escaped to China, he was still kind of confused because again, of course, it was a good thing. He wasn't. Uh, it was. He uh, wasn't a prisoner anymore. But in a way, um, he wasn't living in luxury again because he was still exhausted and still working really hard in cattle farms and every and um, on the big farm, but was not uh, but had food and a place to sleep. Um, like we can see in page 169, it says, Before he had eaten in his forced hot meal in China, she did a job and a place to sleep. He had been a prisoner, a snitch, a fugitive, a thief, but never an employee. Um, I agree with uh, Matteo. I feel like I can add into that in the later uh, chapters. We can see how he doesn't really um, be disturbed by the fact that he doesn't have a job. In fact, he becomes resilient by being able to live he doesn't care if he's like uh, poor he just uh, he's just grateful that he can eat for example in page 180 third paragraph quote Shin became to believe came to believe that he would never starve and alone calmed his nerves and gave him hope he did not have to break into houses to find food money or clothing clothing and food I think Shin like you know he really adapted well mm-hmm. to being outside of the prison really quickly like he had to learn how to use money to survive by buying food and selling and you know he did go through some mishaps on, along the way like he was tricked by people for his coats for his warm clothes but after that he he just carried on he never stopped even when he um you know when looking for a place to stay he, he knocked every at every door he saw no one came to help him but still carried on and eventually he found a place to stay on the phone. Yeah, I definitely agree with you because like when he was first in North got out of the camp, like on one page 140 says, for the next two days, Shin scavenged around the outskirts of book chain, eating whatever he could find on the ground or in garbage heaps. So like at the beginning, he was just scavenging for food wherever yeah. he could find it. He didn't really know like, oh, I can trade like this food for some money and then I can use that money to buy a different, mm-hmm. more food and just continue like building up more cash. And also, we also have to uh, um, understand that Shin always lived inside the camp and whatever, like, his only um, thoughts about what was outside of camp was from Park's experience. Uh, Like, uh, we can see in page 176, he said, um, 
These reporters will use mobile phones and smuggle out sound and video recording on tiny USB memory sticks. Uh, inside North Korea, the penalty for listening to this station can be 10 years in a labor camp, meaning uh, uh, these are two different sections in the, in the same page. And it's basically saying that uh, in North Korea, they didn't have all of those luxuries like USBs, computers, because uh, we have to think that also the story right now is in, in the 2000s. So all this technology is still advanced and everything. But of course, North, in North Korea, they didn't, have, they didn't know about anything like that. I find um, Matteo's uh, point interesting, but I just want to add something to um, Arsene's point previously. So we do see resilience uh, developing when he's in North Korea. In fact, I have an example in page 154, uh, last paragraph, when it shows that the only objective he has was to survive when he was uh, betrayed by his friend. Uh, he, he just wanted to sur survive in Giliju. So, quote, for the next 20 days, Shin roamed around Giliju um, with no coat, no money, no contacts, and no idea of where he should go. It was a formidable task to simply stay alive. Uh, the average January temperature in the city is 18 degrees Fahrenheit, with well below freezing. Um, one thing that saved him, uh, the company, and look, Shinner's <laughs> advice of the city's homeless, many of whom were teenagers. I think this shows how resilient Shin is to the, the harsh environment of North Korea, even without anything. Uh, yeah, adding on to what you said, I believe that, uh, again, like you said, after all he had to endure in the camp, I'm pretty sure the life outside of it, for him, every even if for an ideal person like us, or everyone around us, would be something crazy to live uh, uh, as an homeless and to work in a cattle farm, for him, it was actually something really good and really surprising because, again, he was not a prisoner anymore. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like this not only shows like how resilient Shin was, but like how resilient you have to be just to survive mm -hmm. in North Korea, just trying to get food, feed your family, have money. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Like going back to the beginning of the book, most people living in North Korea, especially those staying in like political prisons, had to have like had to have re resilience because their lives were so tough. Nothing was ever given to them, and they essentially had to fight to stay alive. So, on page 76, it quotes, he, inside Camp 14, he scrounged constantly for a spilled cabbage soup, dipping his hand in cold, dirty soup that had spilled on the floor and making his fingers clean. This quote shows how desperate Shin was to find food while he was starving in the camp. Yeah, um, I definitely agree that um, Shin's situation is was so hard like in North Korea. I think that this shows us that my resilience is way lower than whatever they were like yes. uh, experiencing, like eating eating uh, rats. rats. Yeah, yeah it's, that, that's so crazy. I could never imagine. And, and like betraying your own family, even like I just find it so hard to endure it. just shows it. how uh -huh. intense the conditions were there. Mm -hmm. I was really sad because I believe the park uh, that of course died during the uh, book when oh, they tried to escape yeah. um, Park was probably the most family um, oriented? Uh, oriented character in the book that helped um, uh, Shin through everything but I, what, mm -hmm. what I did like is the fact that Shin before escaping went to his father to uh, almost saying a last goodbye 
before leaving the camp, of course, for a better future. Yeah. And with Clark, I think he was very positive. He stays positive by like dreaming about an optimistic future and by singing about, quote, traveling companions that endure hardship. I find it very admirable that one is able to stay positive in the worst of situations. Ah, yeah. I didn't think of that. That's nice. Um, do you guys think trauma, tragedy and adversity will always yield resilience or is it like um, sometimes you can break because of trauma? I definitely think at some point you can definitely mm -hmm. have too much of it, yeah. which it does show in the book where people do die and mm, yeah, definitely. give up yeah i feel like resilience isn't something you just get from like suffering trauma and tragedy you have to actually get it from experiencing that mm -hmm. you have to become more resilient last thing i want to mention is that um there's definitely some traumatic event that is unnecessary and, and severely traumatizing instead of uh giving him an opportunity to grow in page 11 in the foreword uh Shin, quote, Shin buried his memories of single-inner torture and kept from the world for nearly a decade because he said it had been unbearable physically and psychologically. I couldn't handle it, he said. I tried to scrunch my fingers up so they couldn't pull out more fingernails. I think this just shows how traumatized he was and how some things can't be like recovered. And on page 180, it quotes that Shin is still a prisoner. So this quote shows that uh, Camp 14 has scarred Shin for life. Even though he is free now, he is still haunted by his past and will always remember what happened. So Thank that you guys was for all for episode uh, 3 and let's see you again in the next episode and we'll tell you what Shin has gone up to since his escape from Camp 14. See you.